people throw around the idea of pent-up demand for the travel and tourism, it's, it's really true. That's the reason why I make restaurants. That's the reason why they're all doing well. We do a tasting menu in the Morrison as well. We have a seven-course tasting menu. If you've ordered on Deliveroo food from like a Michelin-style restaurant, it's it ain't Michelin dark. Chef Table Podcast by Hotel and Restaurant Times with Cyril Mackery. Hello, my name is Cyril Mackery and I'm very excited to welcome you to the first of six episodes in our Chef Table podcast series. In this first episode, we talk to John Fareed and James Chappell from Harworth HTL Global, the world's largest consulting organisation specialising in hospitality, with over 50 offices in 39 countries. We chat with John and James about the Great Resignation and how technology can help play its part, the upcoming challenge of hybrid working, global distressed assets and much more. Subscribe to the channel and visit our website at hotelandrestauranttimes.ie forward slash podcasts for upcoming episodes where we chat with some of Ireland's top chefs with great topical conversations from career to personal life, the impact of COVID-19 had on the industry, as well as what the future holds for culinary arts. This podcast is sponsored by Nespresso Professional, bringing the exceptional Nespresso coffee offering to hotels and restaurants. So John Free, Global Chairman, Forworth HTL. Okay. And your colleague? James Chappell, Global Business Director, Forworth HTL. Okay. And your roles would be intertwined, I take it? Correct. And... So you would look after, James, you would look after the UK, is it? UK? No, 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 global. So, global. so yeah, yeah. So basically in the 50 firms in the network, I'm kind of like the corporate guy sitting in the middle. So all of those functions that you would imagine that would go towards running a sort of network of 50 offices, that's kind of what me and my team are responsible for. So, so bringing new firms on, you know, getting other old firms out, doing all the centralized marketing, all of the websites, all of the business development, the business lines, all of that. Operational tools. All okay. of that good yeah. stuff. So like yeah. you're like the, the A team. When you arrive in, it's a clean sweep and it's focusing in the, on without, the business. Without the guns. Yeah. Very basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, or, the or a, although, although the A team. Although the I don't think the A team ever T. managed to shoot anyone. Yeah. No, 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 like no. the whole thing. No. Uh, Mr. T just clobbered them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah. And as, as global chair, I mean, Orwith is, is quite an organization. Like, you know, it's 100 years old. It's, uh, we're 52 offices in 40 countries, 250 senior level consultants, mm-hmm. 80 service areas. Uh, so we do all aspects of HTL, which includes hotel, tourism, and leisure. Okay. So uh, across the gambit of that, but we do everything from asset management to appraisal valuation. So yeah, you can look up more if you want on HorathHTL.com. Anything in and around the hotel assets? We're in it. That's what we do. With the exception of one thing. We do not do brokerage. We have no hotel brokerage. So we're a fiduciary for you. Okay. Uh, And that makes us truly unique. We're we're no buying and selling a hotel assets. uh, And we're independent. We're not part of a fund. And you work with the property to ensure it maximizes its profitability, is that? Yeah, correct. So, so So if somebody's developing a hotel and they need to borrow 50 million euros from the bank, the bank mm-hmm. is coming to us and saying, is this going to work? Should we lend the guys money? Or if somebody wants to buy or sell a hotel and they want to know how much that hotel is worth, 
they come to us and they'll do a valuation and they'll take that valuation to the market. You're not stripping the test. Well, but it, the thing is, though, in, a, in the consulting game, it's, as John said, it's incredibly important that you're independent because you can't go to a you can't go to a hotel owner and you can't speak to the market about value or about what they should do mm-hmm. with it. If on the flip side of that, you're looking to get some kind of fee from selling the asset. You can't be seen mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. selling your own numbers. It's a, it's a clear mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're pretty much unique in that. I we are very unique because a lot of the firms that we compete with that we won't mention mm-hmm. on the record yes. are really, uh, they have the consulting, they have the advisory, they have the valuation, and they also have the brokerage. Right, yeah. So it gets a little fuzzy. I was going to say that they have a lot of tentacles. Yes, yes, well, yes. Some, some, mm. of them, some of them even have their own hotel funds. Mm. Yeah. So they're competing against their clients for assets, yeah, 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 yeah. which is... They're sort of, as we say at home, they're both poacher and gamekeeper. Certainly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And driving the Land Rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Labradors. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But it's proven to be a big competitive advantage that yeah. we're independent and we do treat people as a fiduciary. Right. Uh, from a responsibility standpoint. Um, that's the relationship. Yeah, and you, you mentioned, like you, you were saying there earlier on about the, the, the way that real estate is changing, that hospitality now is seen as the, as the go-to if you have... You know, assets in, in hospitality. It's a true asset. Whereas, again, if you have an office block, it isn't as valuable. It's it well, it's true. In the in the in the in, you know days ago, in the days before COVID and this mm-hmm. in this shift, um, the hotel industry as an asset, hospitality was considered sort of the redheaded stepchild. Right. Uh, and I would say in the shift, <clears throat> it's become more and more. Um, how do I put it? Uh, it's become more and more valuable because people understand it's a business as opposed to just a real estate asset. It's an ongoing enterprise that holds value. Whereas we've seen what's happened in the office and retail space. Mm -hmm. Nespresso Professional brings the exceptional Nespresso coffee offering to hotels and restaurants that demonstrate a commitment to excellence. Nespresso coffee is made using the finest beans sourced from renowned coffee growing territories worldwide. Offering a range of coffees to satisfy discerning palates and complement dining experiences, the Nespresso Professional coffee machine delivers consistently exceptional coffee drinks, cup after cup. You know, like in Ireland now, getting rid of the PCR test. I think everyone is, expects that when this shifts slightly, there's going to be a huge rebound in terms of that. And commercial, you know, um, hospitality real estate will take fantastic advantage of that. And as John said, I think what investors are realizing that the risk reward ratio is already better in hospitality assets. Because with a commercial space, you agree a rent on a per square foot basis. And it's like, I'll see you in five years or 10 years. There's no upside. Whereas the hotel asset where it's a business and, and the owner and the operator are both in business together, sure, that's more of a risk. But if you get it right, the potential upside for the owner and the investor is much greater. But I think coming out of this, we're going, to be, we're going to be, of all the real estate assets, the best position to take advantage of that. I, w- I will say, too, that um, I think that the proof is in the pudding mm-hmm. as it relates to distressed assets. Okay. There's a lot of distressed assets on the commercial front, the retail front. But if you look at the hotel industry, we get calls globally for, especially like to the U.S., to Mexico, to the Caribbean. John, we want to pick up distressed assets. We're looking for distressed assets. And I have to tell them, there are none. 
no one is looking to sell those assets and, and, and move along. And I always tell them, good luck finding any. And the same is true here, I yeah, betcha, yeah. or in London. Mm -hmm. No one's looking to get rid of their hotels. But you want to take half my office building uh, or shopping mm -hmm. center? Happy to have a conversation. And I suppose in Ireland, I don't know what it's like in the UK or in the US, but in Ireland, the government have been very supportive of the industry and have put in, you know, some, you know monetary supports to the industry that has allowed them to continue to stay afloat. So yeah. when okay, when they come back, to go and have a, they go and have a. Deficit. Well, that makes that makes perfect yeah. sense because it's still a very, it's still a very people intensive industry, mm -hmm. which I think is one of my favourite things about the hospitality industry is that mm. it's so labour, it's so labour uh, intensive. intensive. Of course, of course, and it's only going to get more so because people are, you know, with with the advent, I think, of technology, mostly people are trying to get rid of stuff. Mm. And so, you know, hospitality is one of the very few, well, it always used to be, didn't it? It was, it was one of the very few industries that you go into with zero qualifications. Mm -hmm. And 10 years later, you could be a general manager or an area manager or whatever. Mm. Happens all the time. Yeah, there are very, very few businesses that, that have that. And so for the government, it's absolutely in their In, their in the U.S., that didn't happen. The U.S. supported a lot of businesses, but hospitality wasn't one of them. Um, so hotels have kind of been left on their own. Uh, there's been some support from a business loan perspective or whatnot, uh, but but nothing like true support. I will say too that we're struggling with the great resignation uh, in terms of um, people power, yeah. staff, kitchens, bars, housekeeping. We're, we're having a difficult time. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, we thought it was the gig economy, where a lot of people said, I'm going to drive an Uber, or I'm going to deliver food, or I'm going to do this or that or the other, uh, because I can now. Um, and I've gotten used to working from home and having my own hours and that sort of thing. But for us, for instance, in the States, and may, perhaps here in the UK as well, when we dig down deeper, mm -hmm. what we found is that a lot of the boomers decided it's time, let's just pull the trigger and retire. This is a good time to do that. And there were incentives. There were a lot of buyouts. There was a lot of uh, uh, belief too that all the extra money that they thought they'd get if they worked another couple, three years isn't gonna be there. Right. So why mm -hmm. not just go ahead and get busy now? So there was a huge workforce, for it, at least from the US perspective, that decided to retire. And that's everything from your truck drivers to your medical professionals who were who were done. Uh, so it, it's been difficult. But we have, this, we have this thing in, in, in England now. The average age of the truck drivers is fifty six. Wow, fifty six. Wow, pre pandemic. Yeah, and that's the same thing now. Those guys have like gone off, and there's, there's no one. Yeah. There's no one to do it. Yeah, we're short about 60,000 truck drivers right. in the U.S., which mm -hmm. is a lot of truck drivers. How do you see, you can, how can you make hospitality attractive? Does the model have to change in the sense of the working conditions, the hours and things, more flexibility and more... Absolutely. So this is happening um, from food service, fine dining, mm -hmm. to food halls. Mm -hmm. Even within the community from a housekeeping perspective, hotels have started to understand that well, you're going to come in early uh, from your flight, so we're going to let you check in at 10.30, and we'll have a room ready. But then you've got a whole other group who doesn't want to check out until late afternoon, so they might get a little bit more revenue or it might be a loyalty perk. Mm -hmm. So they have a second shift now of housekeepers that's become important. So we can even provide you with some flexibility for housekeeping, which okay. is kind of new.
Mm -hmm. um, so I agree, we're going to have to be a lot more flexible about it. It's going to be absolutely going to be wage inflation though as well. Yes. Yeah. But it, would, would it not be make more sense to have, shall we say, you know, profit share or some sort of incentive for employees in that day if the business is performing when they get a bonus or stuff like that? Is that something that can be worked? Well, in our industry, that's a difficult that's a difficult task. I will say on the food service side, mm -hmm. there has been a much more, uh, the technology that's come along for even in the hotels where I can walk in with my phone and I don't need to, very, it could be almost any level of, you know, hotel, three to mm -hmm. five star. I can get my room key now on my phone. I know what room I'm in. I can just walk in, go straight to the elevators, use my my phone to go up in the elevator, a fault, yeah. open yeah, open my key, open my uh, door uh, to the hotel. If I want to talk to the hotel, I can text them. If, if I want to order room service, I can do it here. If I want to order delivery, I can do it here. All of that is happening. It's happening too in the restaurant community. So if you're familiar with a, a group called Toast. Mm -hmm. For instance, they just went public. All of the wait staff are holding the terminals. Mm -hmm. So when someone orders at the table, I could take their order here. The ticket goes straight to the kitchen. I don't have to go to a central terminal anymore. Mm -hmm. I can change orders. I can add to the orders. And when the guest is ready to leave, I can print the check and give it to them. And there's mm -hmm. a, a, a code you know, that they scan. QR. They make the payment, right? QR mm -hmm. code. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's like made everything easier. But does that not, is it, but equally, is that not maybe dumbing down the level of interaction with the clients and the staff? Or? What it does is it gives people the opportunity yeah. to yeah. determine what the guest is looking for. Right. If the guest wants interaction, they right. should be able to pick up on that right. okay. and give them the interaction. If the guest doesn't care about the interaction, though, isn't it? It's a it is, it is. But if yeah. you, it, it, it's easily observed. Right. And I would tell you that the wait staff, for instance, picks up on it very, very quickly. It doesn't take long to figure it out. Um, and particularly if they're not looking up from their laptops and phones and whatnot to interact with the wait staff, they, they can read that. But if it's a, a tourist, you know, you got some Americans coming into Ireland, they want to know, hey, we want to go check out a real Irish pub, you know, what's, what's close by, uh, that interaction starts. So... So okay, it's yeah, yeah. it's good, but it's saving labor mm -hmm. and costs like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see more of that technology okay. coming along. But I think it'll be it'll be shameful to see that sense of connection with the client and the, you know with your customer yeah. being depleted to a to a. It's still a hospitality yeah. business, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think there's I think I think there's room for all of those things. Yes. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. It's and it's interesting as well because that yeah. in the. In the hotel development space, there's been a real trend in the last couple of years, budget design mm -hmm. hotels. So like Motel One or Citizen M, mm -hmm. you know, those guys have kind of figured out that you can you can build rooms in porter cabins and you can stack them and all of that kind of stuff. And and if you have a, if you, think about Citizen M, when I stayed there for the first time, you realize very quickly that you're, you're not working in your room. <laughs> there's, nowhere, yeah, yeah. there's nowhere to sit down, there's yeah, nowhere yeah, to do yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. They want everyone in, in the lobby and they want everybody in that space. Mm -hmm. And so you can... People, I think, will put up with a lot in terms of like a, a deficiency of amenities and, and bells and whistles if the lobby is a beautifully designed space and it's got yeah, everything. It's that attractive. You want. It Absolute, draws you if it draws absolutely. You, yeah. you, need, you, need, you need so few staff to run them mm -hmm. because yeah. of that, because of that system. And that's, that's right. a trend that's been going. Right, right, right. Agreed. 
it's a mixture, it's a hybrid really of it all, isn't it? It's really sort of having that technology available to those that want to use it, but equally having the staff on hand. Absolutely. Everybody's going through this. Now we've got major movies that come out and you can either stream them or you can go to the movies and watch them. It depends on your choice as a consumer. You can go to Brown Thomas and get the full experience to buy your Prada shoes or you can go online and choose them and have them come to your house and never speak to anyone. It, 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 the entire world is going through the same thing. Restaurants are going through the same thing. I, I want to have that food, but I don't really feel like putting on my clothes and running out, you know, my, my restaurant clothes, so to speak, uh, for that experience, but I can go to Uber Eats and they'll bring that food to me. Right. So, it, it's, so again, it's, so restaurants are now they're going to have to become smarter and be more, in a sense, embrace this and make sure they have a delivery service. Is that true? Yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm with I'm I'm with you though. Yeah. I'm with you though, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, fortunately, fortunately, <laughs> I think what people are realizing, like once again with the pandemic. So so pre-pandemic, everyone had made this assumption that conferences and meetings would all move online because that was like the logical thing, right? We have the technology, yeah. we don't need to see each other face to face. And I think within three months of the pandemic, everyone realized that it's terrible. <laughs> that everybody hates Zoom, yeah. it doesn't work, it's not the same thing at all, yeah. it's really disconnected. Yes. And I, I think also, as good as people like Just Eat or Delivery or any of that kind of stuff, it's just, the food's not as good. No. It's not nearly as good. And it's not the experience. No, it's, it's, no, no, no. Hospitality, as we said, is better I think, I think, I think hospitality, I think hospitality if, if, it, if it made no difference in the quality of the food, I think hospitality would be in big trouble. But there is a massive difference in the quality of the food. If you've ordered, on delivery food from like a Michelin star restaurant, a good restaurant. It's not, you know, it's not, it's it ain't not. Michelin star. Experience. <laughs> of course, no. yeah. sure, sure, sure. If you want to order, a, you know, a, a curry or whatever, then you yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. okay. Yeah. But that experience, you know, and also, I don't want to, I don't want to live in a world of work in an industry where you, where you can go into a hotel or a property and not connect with a human being. Mm. I mean, that, as John said, that option is going. It is that yeah. option is going to be made available. But I think that will be, it's a bit like segmentation. There will be a, sec a section of the market who really enjoy that, who yes. really want that. But there'll be, I, th I believe, a much larger section of the market who are coming to the hotel for the experience, which is delivered by the people working yes. there. And, and it's going to be very, very uh, diverse in terms of consumers because on one trip, businessmen, is he may be very busy and stressed out and may want no interaction mm -hmm. with anybody, but the next time he comes with his girlfriend or his yeah. wife or in their family, they're going to want a lot more interaction yeah. and they're going to treat, they're going to so they're yeah. look for so, different experiences. So, so, so the, the market itself will be self, it'll self regulate in, in that sense. We, we found if you look at study after study, you find that the same consumers who order, do you still have Apache pizza here? I think so. Okay. The Maybe. same people who, who, who order Apache pizza or, or Domino's or yes. any of those guys or also go to the McDonald's are the same people who later on are over at, at the finest restaurants. Mm -hmm. It's just sometimes, you know what, let's just go out and get Mickey D's. Yeah. And then, you know, three days later, they're like, you know, I love that gorgeous steakhouse. Let's go get a nice mm -hmm. steak tonight. And they'll, they'll get dressed and, and go out. And you know they're going to spend two, yeah, three yeah, hours yeah, dining, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So... But it's the same consumers. Mm -hmm. I think what you're talking about here is identifying the opportunities and make sure you can maximize that Absolutely. opportunity. Absolutely. That's, that's what it. it's all about. It is. I and it's also utilizing technology without dumbing down the service.
We're learning. We're getting smarter and smarter and smarter. When 0809 happened, there were a lot of distressed assets. And I mean, really a lot. And everybody was scrambling to figure out how we're going to fix this. And much of that was driven by the banks and the lenders, right? They were clamping down on everybody out of fear. If you look this time, the banks and the lenders got very, they learned. And they said, okay, we're going to have to be super flexible. We're going to end up mm. with a lot of bad debt. Mm -hmm. And they don't want their balance sheet to look bad. Mm -hmm. They haven't been as reckless as they had been in their way. No, be honest. exactly. Yeah, yeah, disappointing, really. Spending like drunk sailors yeah, on shore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they've been yeah. quite restrained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would but, tell but, you, but in I, a sense that, that that leaves the economy in a better place. And if you look at the Irish economy, we're in a far better place. Yeah. Considering everything that's going on, we're still in posting good exchequer returns. Economy is quite strong. Well, in a way, you could look at you could look at. And I, I never thought that the, the words would come out of my mouth, but. In terms of preparation for the pandemic, mm -hmm. the, the financial crisis did us all a favor, oh right? Because it got everybody in, in good shape or better shape. If you can imagine the financial crisis hadn't happened the way it had happened and then we'd gone into the pandemic, I mean, it would be mm -hmm. an absolute horror show. I mean, mm -hmm. it's bad, but you know, the banks mm -hmm. are in much better shape, governments are in much it'd better make, shape. It'd make, it'd make the depression look like a, a party. Well, and I think too, this COVID has made us a little a bit a number ten party. Number ten party. Oh, Sorry, yeah. business meeting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think too that the COVID has helped us become almost more bulletproof. Mm -hmm. I think people now have systems in place. Mm -hmm. They have habits that they've established. And if you know, ten years from now, we end up in, uh, you know, some other. But I also think it's, it's that people appreciate and really evaluate what's good for them and what's needed for them. And they do realize now that they need to have time out, they need for that break, they need that downtime, they need the vacation. Yeah. And therefore, it puts hospitality, as you said, on that trajectory for... for, for uh, the other thing too, is that everybody wants to, again, have hybrid opportunities, meaning mm -hmm. I can now work with yes. my briefcase and my mobile, and I can take the family and I can spend uh, two weeks at a destination, mm -hmm. and I could still get my work done. But yeah, my wife hates that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still get my work done. Yes. But I'm just saying, I, I think that we're seeing more pleasure, that business yes. leisure thing, which I, I hate the word because it's being so overused mm -hmm. right now, but it's true. It's absolute truth. Uh, you know, my own my own wife is like, depending on where I'm going, she says, oh, I want to go with you. And, and now I can say, okay, let's go. Mm. And I can have an extended week if I want. Still be mm -hmm. working, mm -hmm. but we can be at a destination. And I think that's really going to help the mm. hospitality industry. I really do. Mm -hmm. As you said, it's, it's probably one of the most one of those assets that will really gain. As you know, at the moment people mightn't see that, but in, in two years' time, when we look back on this, we'll be realizing that this really has become a buy. It's a real buying time. In it, you know, for the, for the sector. Well, there was that thing, wasn't it? I think about 15 years ago when when you look at the, the Economist graphs and for the first time ever, people were spending more money on experiences than they were spending on, on goods and services mm -hmm. for the family. And that happened, mm -hmm. that happened. The crossover happened about 15 years ago and it's just increased yes. since then. Mm. Um, and so I, to me, I think it's all about 
future proofing and looking which of these industries has a future, what do people want to do? Mm -hmm. Do people want to travel? Do they want to go places? Do they want to stay places? Absolutely, mm -hmm. and that just increases. So that, that gives the whole industry uh, a future in the way that I think a lot of other industries don't have because yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, people, people throw around the idea of pent-up demand in, in a way, but I, I, for the travel and tourism, it's, it's really true. Mm -hmm. It's really, really true. All of those trips. And a lot of what happened, and certainly with a lot of, anecdotally with a lot of friends, all of the trips that they booked in the last two years, they've not been cancelled, they've just been rescheduled, yes. rescheduled and pushed forward and pushed yes. forward and pushed forward. There are a lot of, there are a lot of trips and holidays that have already been paid for that are going to be taken. They're going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, same, happen. same with conferences. Right. Mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you said, like, I mean, the idea of the Zoom, right, it has, okay, it has helped in the current pandemic to, to, assist but in reality people want that sense of engagement Listen, it was this is why I'm this is why I'm here yeah we've yeah. had two years of zoom meetings and as chairman I want to press flesh yes and I want to make eye contact and yeah. I want to be I want to get to know zoom. our teams mm -hmm. zoom is better than nothing but only just yes yeah that's a tagline. Maybe I'll give them to that. They can yeah, have that yeah, for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he's already got it. He's already got it. Yeah. He's selling it to, a, he's selling it to somebody this, right this, now. This here now is what I call it. Absolutely. Trademarked. Yeah. <laughs> Trademarked. Better than nothing but only just. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, uh, you know, from, from both your perspectives, you would be quite bullish about tourism and about hospitality in the future? Absolutely. I would. We, we mm. keep seeing every time there's been a break in these COVID rules and all of a sudden the market opens up the numbers of people just skyrocket mm -hmm. the demand skyrockets uh if we look at destinations like orlando florida mm -hmm. just speaking about the u.s where we look at hawaii we look at places like that as soon as the market opened the numbers were off the charts of returning consumers and the spend per consumer mm -hmm. was off the charts because there's not just the pent up demand, but they haven't been able to spend their money. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got a load of cash. So it's a bit like a gold rush, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I was saying earlier, if you go, if you look at the Hawaii market when it opened up for a period uh, in between the, the COVID strain, domestically, meaning mainland tourism from the U.S. to Hawaii, Asia was still closed down, which is about 30, 35% of the market mm -hmm. traditionally. Right. None of that was coming, but they still outperformed for about two and a half months. They outperformed 2019 numbers in air passengers and hotel occupancy and ADR. And I think that's just a litmus test of, of what we can expect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a small indicator of what we can expect from a performance mm -hmm. standpoint. I know people, you know, I've told people I'm going to London, I'm going to Ireland. I'm going to Oh my gosh! Are, are you going to be? You know, are, is that a problem? I mean, is it going to be complicated? Is it going to be? What, what are you expecting? I'm like, well, I'm hoping that I can get through. Everything yeah, yeah, will be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, when I get back, they're all going to be going. Oh, we're ready to go to Europe. We are so ready to go to Europe. Um, you know what? He has been very pleasantly, uh, even now. So I did a trip last September to Berlin, which was pretty complicated in terms of tests in advance, yes, testing yeah, yeah. about blah 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 blah. blah. Even now, the difference coming here was so easy, wasn't it? This was it's so a easy. pleasure yeah. to come here from, from London. Really, no different to a normal masks. The only difference, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. I think it is Wayne and all, all that sort of silliness. Well, we're running out of Greek names, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. So we're, we're, well, we're so so. There's a, a gentleman with CNN. 
Mm-hmm. His name is Fareed Zechariah. Right. Is his name. And you should Google his last Sunday's broadcast, this, this, mm-hmm. just this last Sunday, because he's an amazing, um, uh, I would say, journalist, mm-hmm. but he's also an analyst. He gets down to the, to the facts. But right. if you look at his show, it's called GPS, because it's global. Mm-hmm. It speaks about the globe. Um, Zachariah. He, yeah, Fareed Zachariah, amazing guy. And he talks about that we are, whether we realize it or not, beginning the post-pandemic life Mm -hmm. right now because the only reasons that we're having any issues at all are the unvaccinated. This is what's driving things currently. Yes, children, we're we're taking care of them. And yes, some people with pre-existing conditions, Mm -hmm. we want to take care of them for sure. But ultimately, we're reaching a point where we're no no longer going to allow the unvaccinated to punish or dictate the rest of the world. And as that continues to move forward and we start getting more jabs, okay, maybe we need another one next year, but it becomes a flu and and that kind of treatment, you know, we'll adjust it. Here you go for your annual COVID shot or what what it may be. Yeah, it's endemic. It's going to be flu. Yeah, Yeah. we're we're entering that post-pandemic and we're starting to see it as as the UK has dropped their PCR testing. You you have as well here in Ireland. In the U.S., Mm -hmm. we're very relaxed now Mm -hmm. compared to what we were, although I'm still having to get a PCR test to go home. Mm -hmm. You are? I I believe. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, But but we're seeing that shift, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's going to be the case for this year. I'm expecting that tourism this year is going to be good. I'm going to predict. You're going to predict that. Well, last summer summer was incredible. It was. It was on the charts. You couldn't get in... In May, June, July, August, you couldn't get a campsite, a a, a, a cottage, an apartment. The staycation business was was yeah. Off I I, the I, I anticipated about eighteen months or twenty four months of real boom times, but then it will level out. It will be back to the norm, but it still will be a very attractive. God, I hope investment. so. It's going to be exhausting yeah. otherwise. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying to you. But I yeah. think it will. I think it will be that sort of level of, and you know, because of pent up demand and the backlog. Of course, yes, yes. of course, of course. But you know, the, as as you know better than anybody, the the business is traditionally incredibly cyclical anyway, mm, yes. right? And so that boom town will probably precipitate and incentivize a lot of building. There'll be a lot of new supply, and then we'll be back in that you know, mm. oh dear, we built too many rooms, boom, and then you know the mm. usual. I stuff. predict too over the eighteen to twenty four months there will be no seasonality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. That's how that's how it's going to work out. There'll be mm-hmm. consistency. It won't be the shoulder time or lean time. No, it's going to be, there's not going to be seasonality because people just want to go. Yeah, yeah. And I I well know what happened in in the Caribbean and the U.S. when things started to open up again Mm -hmm. for a period. Airfares were outrageous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hotel fees were outrageous and people were happy to pay them. Mm-hmm. Anywhere, anywhere apart from my front room. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's becoming the. the How much more... money do I have to give you to yeah, get out yeah, of my yeah, house? Exactly. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our conversation with James and John from Harworth HTL. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel where you can find our episodes on Spotify or at hotel and restaurant times.ie forward slash podcasts. I hope you'll join us next month. Thank you. Mm-hmm.